Blog Talk Radio. I'll answer the question. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! You've heard about it. You've read about it. You've talked about it. And now you found it. This is Alan Smith's Ask the Trucker Live on Blog Talk Radio, the largest radio social network in the world. With your hosts, Alan and Donna Smith, focusing on driver health, careers, regulations, and the important issues facing the industry. It's time to shut down that big rig, sit back, and come join the conversation. Ask the Trucker Live begins right now. Well, good evening, everyone, and welcome to Ask the Trucker Live in tonight's show and trucking open forum with our featured topic, Does Increased Trucker Productivity Lower Wages? I'm Donna Smith, the co-host tonight on Ask the Trucker Live, and I'm uh, I'm actually hoping our real guest, uh, our real host, Alan Smith, will be able to, to join us. Um, we had originally scheduled our shows from Thursday to Saturday so we could meet his schedule, but unfortunately Alan's been called away these last two Saturdays. He's supposed to come back in. So I'm crossing my fingers that he does get back in time. Um, I was able to, we were able to discuss these topics last night, and and he had some pretty strong opinions. So I, I'm just hoping he, he can make it in for the show. But uh, I do still host the Thursday evening health shows. That's usually what I do, and um, and there's really some great shows. Also, I'm so thankful that they've become very popular. Last week we had on uh, Elaine Papp. Uh, previously the medical chief at the FMCSA, and we talked about the new sleep apnea um, advanced proposed rulemaking. Uh, Great show. You can listen to it in the archives. A tremendous amount of information on that show. Uh, But tonight's show topic, um, well, it's created some strong and divisive opinions within this industry and and the truck driving community as well. you know, the interwoven relationship, I guess you could say, between HOS, ELDs, wages, uh, FMCSA, safety. Um, in a nutshell, drivers are working harder than ever before to earn less money. And the reason why, well, we're, we're going to get into that as the show goes on. Uh, but As we all know, the FMCSA is supposed to reduce crashes, injuries, fatalities involving um, uh, large trucks and buses, and their strategy is to carry out their safety mandates uh, to do just that. Um, But think about it. um, How many times does it appear that hours of service, ELDs, and, and so many other regulations that are created are actually contrary to the FMCSA mission statement of safety. I mean, we're going to get into that too. It's a great show tonight. I'm really excited. Um, Tonight we'll be exposing the false perception of safety created by both the industry and the FMCSA. Uh, We're going to be discussing with our guests uh, the HOS and the 14-hour clock 
in relation to ELDM wages and how the clock itself at times causes a higher safety risk, uh, which even includes the relationship to truck parking uh, when drivers are running out of hours and they can't find uh, parking. Uh, We also want to define the purpose of the ELD, what it can and cannot do uh, that most people aren't aware of, how driver wages are directly correlated to the hours of service logging lines, and define the true definition of on-duty, not driving, and off-duty. Hours of service, ELDs, greatly affect the trucker wages. It's not because drivers can no longer cheat on their logs, but because now they can legally cheat on their logs, and it's accepted, FMCSA industry accepted. And and this is a point that... um, our guest, Jerry Fritz and Packahockaday, will explain, um, you know, all about this. Uh, they're going to explain how ELDs only enforce the 14-hour clock, do not enforce correct logging, but only the movement of the truck. The driver still determines how to log, and many times is for the sole purpose of prever- per, uh, preserving their 70 hours, covering for the extra 30 hours a week they worked but weren't paid. So it's it's a great show. Um, we're really excited to, to do this show. I think it's much needed. So just hold on to your seats, everybody. We're going to bring it all together, wages, detention time, hours of service, um, ELDs, FMCSA, and mostly we want to expose the big cover-up. Uh, best of all, we have ideas. And you guys, too, you know, I hope you're thinking of solutions because we have a solution uh, but we want to hear from you. Our call-in number tonight, 347-826-9170. And then click 1 on your keypad after you get connected, and that will notify us that you want to be a part of the show. Um, so, uh, And if you're listening now, because so hold on, let me see. Oh, wow, are these lines? Uh, oh, this is this is great. Thanks so much, everybody. I just happened to look at the switchboard, and it's it's pretty full. So uh, click one on your keypad. If you're listening now on your phone and you want to be a part of the show, click one on your keypad. If you're listening to the uh, through the internet, just dial three four seven eight two six nine one seven zero. Then click one if you want to be on the show. But right now, uh, we're going to take a uh, commercial break uh, from one of our sponsors, Lone Mountain Truck Leasing. You're listening to Ask the Trucker Live with Alan Smith on Blog Talk Radio. Don't go anywhere. Alan and Donna will be right back. Hey everybody, Alan Smith here. Have you been driving a big rig for a while now and considering starting your own business as an owner-operator? Well, Lone Mountain Truck Leasing offers the best lease purchase plan in the industry. With a small down payment and monthly payments around $1,000 or less, you make the monthly payment, and when the final payment is made, they hand over the title. It really is that simple. There is no big balloon payment at the end, and secondly, the truck is yours, not a lease plan under one truck and company. So if becoming an owner-operator is your goal, do it the right way. Do it the best way. Contact Lone Mountain Truck Leasing on the web at LoneMountainTruck.com or give them a call toll-free at 866-512-5685. 
That's LoneMountainTruck.com. This is Ask the Trucker Live with Alan Smith. To be a part of the program, call in now at 347-826-9170. Skype users can call in by clicking on the Skype button on our show page. To be a sponsor of the show, email Donna at info at askthetrucker.com. Now, back to the show. Okay, welcome back, everyone. I'm Donna Smith, still waiting for Alan. Um, You know, I'm waiting for him to come back in for this show. Uh, We're talking about the causes of increased driver productivity uh, and decreased driver wages. In other words, drivers working more hours to earn less money. I mean, that's pretty much it in a nutshell. Uh, But anyway, I want to introduce to you um, a couple of veteran drivers, very dedicated to the industry and to uh, driver issues, true driver advocates of the industry, and I'm so happy to be able uh, to bring them on tonight. Jerry Fritz and Pat Hockaday of uh, Truckers United. Let me open up their lines. Um, Guys, both your lines are are open, Uh, Jerry. Pat, good evening. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing, I'm doing well. Good. Oh, great. Jerry. Uh, <laughs> I know it's I hard when you have two guests, plus there's a delay. He was saying. Yeah, so I'm glad he's here. Oh, I yeah, don't know I how long I'll be able off. to hold. Well, I'm about I... two hours north of Las Vegas going north. <laughs> well, you know 95. what? I know you had... You had said that before, so I, you know what I want to mm-hmm. do, Jerry, uh, because I don't know how, how long we're going to have you on. Um, right. I figured, you know, with this this whole correlation, you know, between the wages and everything, mm-hmm. uh, let's get you on first before we, we lose you into, you know, uh, outer space there. Um, I know okay. you wanted to talk about um, drivers, the, the wages, um, they're earning less, pulling more and uh, the different ways that from 1980 to now, the different types of logging and all that. But if, if you wouldn't mind, you know, just giving us a lowdown on all that so it kind of prepares everybody for uh, for the, the ELDs and safety and all that. So okay, here's here we go. As as many of you know, I've been in the business actually this spring right out 50 years now. So most of us, I lived through it, so it's very easy to be. No matter how much more we've been productive, and that's supposed to be the code word today about improving your standards of living and being more successful in life, is, uh, you know, you've you got to make yourself more productive. What are you bringing to the table? For instance, in 1980, at the inception of deregulation, we were pulling 45-foot trailers. Now we're pulling 53-foot trailers. That's about a 20% uh, increase in production per load. Value should have gone up then. Then also, I have my speed limit. Oh, I think we're losing, Jerry. Yeah. Hey, Barry. I think we lost him. He had told me before uh, he called in that he was uh, going to be in a rough area. 
Jerry, can you hear me? I still see you up on the switchboard, so you didn't drop off. Okay. Did we well, basically, get Jerry's article up on Facebook? <clears throat> I know we were watching. No, on but that. I have it in front of I'm me. I'm looking at it and, too. Um, so, and Jerry and I have had this conversation before. And what Jerry's point is is we've we've increased production over the years. We've got longer trailers, wider trailers. We're pulling more weight. You also look. I think where he was heading at, and I'm looking at his, his paper now. That they used to be uh, 55 mile per hour speed limited. Well, now we can say the average truck, you know, is doing 60 miles an hour, 65 miles an hour. That's an increase in production. And you know, just knowing Jerry, his point is, what's going on here? We're producing more and making less. We know with the uh, longer, heavier vehicles that were, you know, being proposed this past uh, year, drivers are saying, well, isn't this great? We're going to haul heavier equipment, heavier loads, 100,000 pounds. Are we going to get paid more? Well, history shows us, no, you're not. You're not going to get paid more. History shows us that. So what are we doing, people? We're working ourselves we're working ourselves out of a job. That's not what I want to say. We're working ourselves to the point that we can't make money. What do I mean by that? Capacity. We hear one of the arguments pro-ELD, and, and by the way, I'm kind of neutral on ELDs. I'll, I can speak to both sides. Well, if we have ELDs in the truck, then it's going to make drivers legally run, operate, they're not going to be have so many hours available, and that's going to increase the value per hour for all other drivers. It's simple, um, simple economics, supply and demand. If you have an excess of supply, supply is cheap. So hey, Pat. It's a, it's a very, Pat, I see. Yes, ma'am. I think I see Jerry. Jerry, can you hear us? Yes, I can. <laughs> okay. Hey, uh, we had let, me, let me get this one in there in case you lose me. Pat's making a very good point here. These okay. are all things how we've brought more and more availability. See, the key word here is the availability of capacity. You could have 10 trucks sitting outside, but if none of the 10 trucks were available, you have no capacity. See what I mean? So the more and more we make ourselves available – we cheapen ourselves more. Now, here's the big one that you're all going to tie in because I know we're going to lose each other tonight. With the ELD, the point we're trying to make, it used to be that all loading and unloading time and waiting time was on duty, not driving. The predators that run the truckload business today has got government and drivers convinced that that's off duty. It is not. Studies show that somewhere around 40 hours a week or so of on-duty time is now being logged off-duty. Legally, by the way, it's been done for this drivers. Okay. Okay, I think we lost, lost Jerry, Pat. You, you want to go All on right. for that? Okay. <clears throat> 
So it's right now it's being logged as off duty. Well, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna try and pick up and go with that. What Jerry's saying, we are making ourselves more available. And what we hear drivers say, we need more hours to work. We need more hours. That's one argument against ELDs. We're going to lose time that we need to work. The 14-hour clock. We need flexibility. We need more hours. Well, do we need more hours or do we need to be paid more? So that we can make money They want more hours to maintain Their income um, oh, Jerry's well, that, and the It's other not phone. even a matter of Making more money I mean it's being a, a matter of being Paid for the Hours that you've You've already done so if you're sitting There waiting at a dock Any other industry In the country and in, in, in most countries Uh you know, free world countries, you know, they get paid for just I've being on call. If Hold I on, I think I see, I see Jerry. Hold on, I got to open it up his yeah, mic. He, he just came back. just me on my other phone, so. Okay. But, uh, Jerry, if you can hear us, you know, uh, yeah, he, just, he he's not going to be able to uh, come in. He's just dropped off again. So, Pat, go ahead. So, uh well, let's back up and think about this logically. If we truck driver shortage, many people say, no, we don't have a truck driver shortage. It depends on what side of the fence you're sitting on. If you are a carrier, then you want to utilize your assets to make you the most money. If it is cheaper for the carrier to add more trucks, to have the potential to cover more capacity, that's what they're going to do. They don't care if that truck sits in Dallas waiting. They're not paying the driver for it that time. That truck is available, ready to jump on any load that may come their way. It's a gamble. It's a profitable gamble because they succeed at this. In other words, is it cheaper? Is it more efficient? to add capacity, or is it more efficient to utilize the capacity you already have? Um, From a driver's standpoint, if we use money as a measure of efficiency, drivers are complaining. Some of them are complaining. Wait a minute. i got hours available, and they're not dispatching me. They're not running me. You see, it's hurting the driver's bottom line. Um, And then you hear the new drivers talking, Dang, they got me running 11-hour days, bam, 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 then they make me they make me do a restart, and then I'm back into it, bam, 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 bam. Well, look at the economics of it. Who's cheaper to run, the brand-new kid on the block making 30 cents a mile or the experienced driver making 45 cents a mile? It's cheaper to run the cheap kid. Burn them up. If they quit and go away, good deal. We got another truck open so another student from our truck driving school can fill that seat. It's 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 all a business model that is very successful. And before I go any further, there are many, many good carriers out there. But the very good carriers, the ones we all want to work for, their hands are tied. 
they have to compete against the mega carriers who have really are the ones who have established the labor rate. So when I'm talking bad and, and about I just carriers, want... yeah, when I'm talking I, I, and, bad and about I... carriers, I'm talking about the mega carriers. There's lots of good carriers out there. Well, you see, and, and the, this is the thing, when you say their hands are tied, uh, a, a lot of the mega carriers and the relationship between cheap freight and uh, driver wages, it's if you don't charge the shipper for waiting time, then you can now use the driver as a pawn as you negotiate freight rates, if that makes any sense. In other words, you know, if you don't make them pay, the shippers pay, then now you can, you know, and you're not paying the driver their wages, and, of course, they're upset because they're not getting paid, so what are they going to do? Well, they'll just log off duty uh, while they're waiting and and so they don't eat up that 70-hour clock. And, and this is something that, that people don't understand. Okay, I see, uh, Jerry, I've opened up your line. But this is something people don't understand. The industry and the general public thinks, oh, good, there's ELDs now, and now drivers can no longer cheat, okay? That's just half of the equation. They don't realize that the industry and the FMCSA accept the fact that they're logging off-duty when, in actuality, they're really on call. And on call means you have to be alert in case somebody knocks on the door. Am I right, Pat? Yeah, but economically, from a driver's standpoint, let's say a driver's making 30 cents a mile, truck driver math here, 30 cents a mile, 60 miles an hour, that's $18 an hour. Why would they log on duty not driving if they're only getting paid $10 an hour detention time or $15 an hour detention time? They're better off logging off duty and making $18 an hour per their trucker math, that is. You see what I mean? It's simple math in these drivers' minds. Uh, Then you've got carriers that say, oh, yeah, we pay detention time after the first two hours. Wait a minute. Does your shop mechanic give you the first two hours for free? What about that dispatcher in there? Does he work two hours a day free? See, this is unheard of. Why are they putting the burden on truck drivers would be my point. Well, the thing is, if they're getting paid $15 an hour detention time, but yes. They yeah. would, would they, and you're saying, well, yeah, but they can make eighteen dollars an hour math time when you calculate miles and all like that. But still, you have to say, is it worth it to be up over a hundred hours a week, or would you take the fifteen dollars? First of all, they're not even being offered that. The FMCSA oh. proposed it was last year, and it went away real fast. But the FMCSA was an article in Overdrive magazine. They were suggesting that that all detention time be paid at a minimum rate of seven twenty five an hour. Again, federal minimum wage. 
that's the only standard in place to work off of. Uh, it went away real fast because drivers did right. the math. Seven twenty-five an hour is the equivalent of fourteen point five cents a mile. So if you're making more than fourteen point five cents a mile in an hour's time, you're not going to log that off duty. You're better off conserving those times for for driving, where you make your money. Cory Booker, uh, a congressman out of New Jersey, I believe, he tried to have this same riding put into the federal um, highway bill um, last last uh, uh, September, it was. But he had so many other anti-truck regulations added on to it, it kind of got thrown out the window. Um, right. Comments you know what, Pat, Pat, let's define right now. According to the Interstate Truck Driver's Guide to Hours of Service, let's define what off-duty is. I mean, we can define what on-duty is also, okay. but I think it's um, – do you have it in front of you? I have so it in front of you. So you're wanting to look at the brochure, you're, what we were talking about last night on the brochure. Right. This is the uh, Truck Driver's uh, uh, Guide uh, uh, to uh, Hours uh, of Service and the definition of what is Okay. What we know is February 27, 2012, um, we heard that it was legal, it was now legal to log off-duty while waiting to load or offload. So I went looking for this. I looked everywhere for it. I finally found the answer in the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration's Interstate Truck Driver's Guide to Hours of Service. And I'm having to scroll down now, page 8. Um, and it says right here, effective February 27, 2012, the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration excluded from the definition of on-duty time any time resting in a parked commercial motor vehicle with the driver relieved of all responsibility for the vehicle. So then that took me down a trail. Wait a minute. The driver's got to be relieved of all responsibility for the vehicle. How does that happen? We used to have to have a card in our wallet that that allowed us to log off duty when we took our lunch break. This is many years ago. So what has transpired here? That led me on this quest that we ended up at last night, Donna. Um, and I found it in law. It was uh, revised 2013. I'm trying to get to the pertinent part of it right here. Um, the rewrite. Well, you go look. I want to also read the rest of that sentence that you just read to everybody. You said that okay, in order for time to be considered off-duty, you must be relieved of all duty and responsibility. And then it goes on to say you must be free to pursue activities of your own choosing and be able to leave the place where your vehicle is parked. Now, that is the definition, according to the Truck Driver's Guide to Hours of Service, of off-duty. Okay? All right, go ahead. Okay, I found it. Um, In consideration of the above, FMCSA has determined the 1997 regulatory guidance should be revised to eliminate language 
that has the effect of discouraging drivers from taking breaks during the workday or documenting such breaks in their logbook. The FMCSA revises question two to read as follows. Um, Drivers may record meal. I don't know if I'm in the right place. The driver is relieved of all. That's, that's, uh, uh, okay, wait, wait. Okay, here we go. Through the revision of regulatory guidance, FMCSA makes clear that the motor vehicle need not provide formal guidance, either verbal or written, to drivers with regard to the specific times and locations where the rest break may be taken. See, prior to that, if you were going to be able to legally uh, be relieved of duty, they had to assign you beforehand a time frame. Okay, Pat, at 12 o'clock noon, you are allowed to go off duty, relieved of all responsibility, and you must resume responsibility at 6 p.m. So there was a time assigned to this this, uh, time frame where you could legally be relieved of all responsibility. So what's happened here, that's all been taken away. So per the February 27, 2012, that says you may log off-duty while waiting in a parked motor vehicle, now that covers the time that you were at loading dock legally. Um, You can legally log off-duty while you're waiting to load and reload from everything I'm reading. Now, what's the problem with that? Many drivers are wanting to get paid detention time. Um, Cory Booker and the FMCSA prior to that was going to require that if you are receiving eligible to receive detention time that had to be logged on duty, not driving. So what we have here is somebody's been in there changing rules and changing guidances and this, that, and the other so that now we have a scenario where, okay, I want to get paid for that five hours that I was held up at the loading dock. I logged it on duty, but the carrier can come back and say, no, 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 no. When you went through our logbook training, we told you that you have to log all that time off duty You are off-duty, not on-duty, and you're not eligible for detention time. This is my big fear about this uh, uh, plan of wanting to be paid mileage plus hourly. I think there are three or four steps ahead of us, and I think we've got to know what we're talking about here. I'm not an attorney. And here's the thing. Here's the thing, Pat, and I think this is important to bring up. Because anybody who's listening outside of the truck driver community, ELDs only measure the, um, how could you put it, when the truck when the truck moves, okay? Here, let me open this up. An ELD synchronizes with a, with a vehicle engine to automatically record driving time, okay? But here's the thing. It doesn't enforce how the driver logs. And people don't know this. See, most people outside of the trucking industry and the truck driver community, they have the false 
impression of of safety that oh drivers have an ELD now uh, they are forced to be compliant. Well, no, they're really not because if the FMCSA was truly forcing compl- drivers being compliant, then that driving um, that off-duty line one, okay, would be enforced. And it's not. And is it because they're not aware? Do they really believe the driver is resting while they're waiting at the dock? As a matter of fact, Pat, I mean, isn't it true that people are even logging in their sleeper sleeper berth when they're not? And uh, Um, let's say it's like an eight hours. So then they're actually showing that they're resting while they're actually waiting at the dock. But in drivers reality, are very creative, right? Um, and and you know, you asked the question on Facebook: How many hours are you logging um, off duty? I think it was, and we were getting answers of anywhere from five to ten hours a week, two or three hours, this, that, and the other, and that bothered me. And I got thinking: Wait a minute, what's the other option? Sleeper birth. I know right. drivers that never log on uh, off-duty. They log everything on sleeper berth. Why? This sets them up. If I'm at a shipper receiver and I go sleeper berth and I happen to be there eight hours, eight and a half hours, guess what? I've got eight-hour sleeper berth that will apply to my split sleeper berth. So time that in the old days would have been logged on duty, not driving, because you were in readiness to perform work. We're now cheating our logbook. Well, okay, we're logging sleeper berth, even though we might be on the loading dock, we might be in the driver's lounge waiting, we might be listening to that CB radio, wait for them to tell us to move the truck. Okay, all of that is in readiness to perform your duty, and that is supposed to be logged on do not drive. And, and you know, Alan and I were talking about this um, last night after he got in, and we got into it, and he said, actually, according, this is what he told me, according to this definition of um, you considered off-duty, it's, it's time to be considered off-duty. You are relieved of all duty and responsibility and free to pursue activities of your own. He said it's illegal to do that. And if the FMCSA knows that they're doing that and it's illegal, then it, they need to be putting a stop to it. But you know what? Their hands are tied because uh, they just don't know how to get out of this. They're, they're not in charge. They can't have a rule for paying uh, detention time. That would have to come from Congress. And uh, I think they just, you know, close their eyes, unless they are totally oblivious to it. But, you know, I, I tend to think not. So uh, he uh, says it's illegal to do that. Now, Jerry, can you hear me? Daughter? Do you want to? Um, yeah. yeah, I see you're yeah, just, only, I see yeah. up there. I think I've got 20 or 30 miles of signal here. Uh, and then in addition to that, what I was saying about the law of supply and demand, yeah. how we're working more, we're more available. See, every time we fall for that, in my generation, we got paid for all that time. There wasn't even a dispute. You got paid for it. 
and that went into the 70 hours. Wow. Think about this. We run about 80 now. So all of a sudden, if that 40 hours of loading and unloading time that we're talking about now had to go back and be subtracted from our 80 hours with the help of the ELD, drivers would only be available to drive about 35, 40 hours a week. We now have a major capacity crisis, and the ELD has put us there. That's why I sent my little email to you. This could be like a Trojan horse. Put this in the middle of the government wanted it, big business wanted it, but no one knew the degree to which we're all working ourselves to death. That extra 40 hours, and Dr. Belzer has a study showing that 10% of the drivers are working uh, uh, in addition to 100 hours a week. Well, gee, that's only 350,000. There's 3.5 million drivers. That in itself, watch this when it comes to safety, that means there's at least 350,000 drivers a week working more than 100 hours a week, and their pay keeps going down. And that's why the law of supply and demand if we could turn this around, if we could somehow make sure that the real rules of logging on duty are enforced by the ELD, it would have been the best thing that possibly happened to the driver in decades. Because all of a sudden, 50% of the trucks would not be available at the end of eight days. Right. Yeah, at that point you yeah, have twice as many loads. Yeah, twice as many loads as drivers with hours, see, availability. That ELD could put us in the in the catbird seat. We could tell them when the trucks aren't moving, no, we're out of hours. Your your device here said we can't work. Well, uh, what, what what can we do? Well, see, now the driver's in the position, oh, Mr. Industry, you need us that bad, huh? Well, we're going to tell you what you're going to pay us. These are the working conditions, and this is the way it's going to happen. And, and think about this. A family member said to me, well, they'll just go out and hire more drivers. Well, really, to solve that problem, think about this. This exists mainly in the truckload business. So that's about half the business, 1.75 million drivers. They would have to go out and within a few days hire another 1.75 million drivers and retain them. Impossible. If we would just wake up and, and say to ourselves, wait a minute, there is a lot of benefit and logging 100% legal, it would turn American industry upside down, and it's not our fault. We're just doing well, what the, the law said to do and with the ELD enforcing it. Well, let me, let me just say this. Let me, Yeah, let, and, and that's true. But I'm thinking to myself, and, of course, you know, I'm not a driver, but just, you know, looking, looking inside, uh, a lot of times, 
drivers aren't paid detention time, and and let's face it, that's a big part of why this is existing, and it existed yes. before the before the ELD. I mean, the ELD didn't cause uh-huh. drivers not to get paid detention time. It just doesn't measure them uh, locking wrong. But what I'm going to say is. Uh, the trucking uh, industry says it's not our fault, it's the, the shipper's fault, which I don't buy because that's just part of the uh, negotiating, the, the using drivers as, as pawns in a negotiating with shippers not to charge them detention time. Why should they? If they're not paying the driver, then it's no big deal. So it, it, it creates more leverage for them against the owner-operators on top of that. But I say this. If they did pay detention time, uh, because this was all brought out, that this illegal logging of off-duty was going on, and they did have to pay detention time, then I say, and, and here's where I need correction on this, that all of a sudden, drivers wouldn't be at those docks five, six, seven hours. Right. They'd be there in, in and out, because now... It would create an industry uh, a crisis, and the uh, me- mega carriers would be telling the shippers, hey, we got to do something about this. And all of a sudden now the shippers have to hire more help to take care of this situation at the docks. So the drivers now are getting more miles, but not because they're they're logging illegally, but because they're getting in and out of the loading docks and they're able to go on their way to their next load, uh, which, you know, is really all they want to begin with. So they're making then the same amount of money driving their 70 hours uh, rather than putting in 100 hours because they had to budge. Am I correct in saying this? I mean, this is just... No, you're you're absolutely right, Donna. I study transportation. They call it logistics in college. Actually, this whole idea of not paying drivers for the waiting time, we enable inefficiency in the marketplace. Yes. They could do this. I just picked up at a place here in Phoenix this morning. The guy ahead of me was there on time. I've seen this before on Coca-Cola loads. Every one of their facilities now have a forklift to pick up two pallets at one time. My appointment was at 0700. At 740, they had me completely loaded, 43,000 pounds, paperwork outside. I wasn't an hour in the facility because they had the equipment. Can you imagine? And those dual lift forklifts have been around since the early 80s at least. So we are. Yeah, we enable American industry to be inefficient. In the end, when they have to pay us for this time, and in the end, if we could somehow work around and get the real interpretation of 395.2, we aren't going to get hardly any detention time because the system will be designed not to allow detention time. And in the end, we're going to move more freight with fewer trucks and more satisfied drivers. Well, I just want to say that OIDA uh, did put out, they're filing lawsuit again. And um, they've picked up on this. And I don't know if people realize it. A lot of people think that um, OIDA's lawsuit is because of privacy, just 
you know, privacy and being unconstitutional. Uh, well, that's this part. ELDs bring about improvements uh, in safety by making it difficult for drivers and carriers to falsify uh, driver's duty status. Now, this is what the FMCSA says, which in turn deters violations of the hours of service rules. Okay, now remember, they're just talking about the 14-hour day. That's it. They're not talking about how they log it or anything like right. that. Now, the only way, uh, Don, that oh. they, they will ever get to this real legal logging that Congress wants is just like in the pre-deregulation days, we'll call my days, the driver didn't think twice about loading, logging on duty, not driving, because he was right. paid for it. The same decision with a paper log or an ELD has to be decided. The driver sits there and says, do I log it on duty or do I log it off duty? Well, I'm getting paid $35 an hour. I can afford to log it on duty. And that guy's only going to work 70 hours this week. The driver that decides to log it off duty, he's going to end up working 110 or 120 hours. To make the same money. That's yeah. what I'm saying. This is what OIDA said um, in the article, and this is an article um, off of um, Overdrive magazine. Uh, they didn't even attempt to compare the safety records of trucking companies that use ELDs and those that do not. That's the first thing. Another thing is that the mandate, and this is what we're just talking about, the mandate fails to comply with a congressional statute requiring ELDs to accurately and automatically record changes mm -hmm. in driver duty status. This is exactly what we're talking about. And it says uh, that the correct congressional statute requiring ELDs to accurately and automatically record changes in driver's duty sets. In other words, what's in MAP 21 that the, they said ELDs had to automatically record changes in driver uh, duty status, that doesn't seem like it's happening. Am I wrong? I mean, does anybody's ELD automatically change uh, a duty status, or do you still have to plug it in? Here's the way it automatically happens. If the truck starts moving past a certain speed or something like that, it does automatically go to driving. But it does not know how to automatically do anything as far as any other duty status change. Well, I guess if you stop and you're stopped for so long, then something has to be entered. Okay. But it still Let's depends stop. on okay. the driver deciding. And, and, well, here's what, here's what they go yeah. on to say, Oida, that the, yeah. the, it, the ELD must rely on the driver to manually input changes in mm -hmm. duty status, making the device no more reliable, and this is a quote, no mm -hmm. more reliable than paper logbooks for recording hours of service compliance. Okay, and I don't know who said that this, this was, uh, um, I'm trying to see, Jim Johnston, OIDA president and CEO. Okay, so yeah. they're saying exactly what we're saying tonight. 
But the worst part about this, to me, is the false security, the false perception that the general public has that now the roads are safer. Not only that, but because those in Congress may not really understand all these things about, well, lock on this line and this and and well, maybe they say they're sleeping, but they're not. So they think, you know, that, okay, we're going to have ELDs. It's going to stop cheating on that 14-hour clock, and, and everybody's going to be well-rested. If they knew about this, I wonder how they'd feel. You've got to Go ahead, consider Doug. the difference between an e-log. We've had e-logs since, what, 97, 98. e log and an ELD, they are two different beasts. Uh, an e-log is a subscription to a company such as Qualcomm, and it enables the carrier to set the parameters. Like we were talking about last night, Donna, there's three different ways of doing this. Uh, truck travels X number of miles, it automatically goes to drive time. Truck leaves a certain mile radius, two or three mile radius, it automatically goes to drive time. Or truck exceeds a set speed limit, say 15 miles an hour, automatically goes on to to driving time. Now, we can cheat the heck out of that. And drivers are doing it. I talk to them all the time. Uh, Jerry will back this up. Driver pulls up to the food warehouse, parks out on the street. In the middle of their 10-hour break, they slip in two or three hours to offload the trailer, slip back out, park back out on the street. The e-log doesn't even know the truck's moved, okay? They've got their 10-hour break, and they unloaded the trailer during that time. Um, ELDs are directly tied into the ECM. They know when the truck moves. They know what gear it's in. They know the speed, key on, key off, hard brake, on and on and on. Anything on that ECM is transmitted to the ELD, um, available to the carrier, whatever information they want. Oil pressure, go on and on and on. So what we have uh, now... Oh, go ahead. Um, ELD, and I cannot get a solid answer on this. Remember, the ELD mandate is 520 pages long. We know that with e-logs, there is a variance, uh, a, a certain amount of give you, drive time, speed, whatever, operating within a, a certain mile radius, a variance that lets you operate the truck without going to driving status. On an ELD, we don't know if there's going to be any kind of a variance at all. I get different answers on this. What I was told, um, and I've kind of confirmed this with another driver who brought it up, I was told that the FMCSA is going to tighten tighten the restrictions on e-logs, and they were going to limit the amount, the, the distance the truck may travel to seven-tenths of one mile. Forget about the speed. Forget about the three-mile radius. Seven-tenths of one mile, 
once the truck has traveled that, automatically goes to drive time. We don't know if there's going to be a variance on the ELD. We don't know if they're going to give us a variance just till we get used to their ELD, and in two or three years they take it away. We haven't got a clue. But it makes hey, sense by the to way. me that a computer, a, a, a legally mandated computer, <laughs> is going to be programmed with letter of the law. That means once that truck rolls, that 14-hour clock starts. Uh, go ahead, Jerry. Yeah, because I'm, I'm getting out of a little town here. I know yeah. I'm going to lose my signal. Donna asked, what, how would our congressman feel about this? A very good friend of mine, he's actually my personal dispatcher, uh, Arnold Hadley, when we were having the uh, denim problem, or still is, some of the paperwork and the documents that I've been carrying and giving out to a lot of you folks here, I hope you post them. I don't know how to do that. But anyway, he set... Uh, on a couple occasions now, and had a few minutes of assigned time with his congressman. He showed this to the congressman. The congressman responded with eyebrows up, head back, looked at this, and Arnold says, here is the real truth. And the congressman was just exasperated. He says, well, we didn't see any of this. Arnold says, no, you didn't see any of that. You only saw what the American Trucking Association saw. He said, Arlo, you have copies? He said, Absolutely, he said, I have copies. He said, I want to look into this further. My own congressman, who will remain unnamed, uh, some of those denim things that we had written up, how piecework right. and this, that, and the other, this goes back to the denim. But in response, when you asked the question, how would your congressman respond if right. they saw the real, from the driver's seat, truth to all this, we know that on that occasion, he was stunned. And on the occasion exactly. with my own congressman, remember that? He changed his vote. Yep. Remember, Donna? Yep. Yep. And, the and congressman this is only of... know what the lobbyists, the ATA, have been taking to him. When we take the truth and, and... to them, they're astounded. And this is part of what our solution is, and I and I want to try to get this in uh, before you get carried away, and and you know we get don't get to hear from you, Jerry. Uh, mm-hmm. And Alan have talked about this as far as getting the word to Congressman. Well, we don't have a lobby group, okay, like like yeah. the ATA, but we. We have, in a way, a bigger lobby group called social media. And what we can do is create a white paper describing everything that's going on and get it out through social media. And, and it would educate the general public, the, the media, the journalists, and get the truth out to what is actually going on within the industry. So, in a way, we do have a lobby group, and it's called social media. Now, what is, you know, everybody, I see there's a lot of people on the line right now. If you want to become part of the show, okay, hold on, I'm just scrolling down. 
click one on your keypad now, and it'll it'll uh, to, uh, notify us that you want to be in. If you're listening through the internet and you want to reply to this, or if you have another solution, dial in three four seven eight two six nine one seven zero, and then click one on your keypad. Um, hold on, I'm just making sure because I mean. To, to me, this is uh, a no-brainer. Now, what do you guys think of that? I mean, we've we've talked about it. What do you think of it? Well, we've got OIDA. OIDA has a D.C. office, but there's only four people manning that office. We know that the ATA, and, and the ATA has four categories of membership. And guess what one of those categories is? Shippers and receivers. So shippers and receivers are part of the ATA. So the ATA has an army of lobbyists on the Hill. Uh, The story Jerry was telling about Arnold. Arnold also said that the congressman told him, the ATA, the TCA, they're visiting my office every other day, it seems like. I wanted Jerry to include that. But they're actively working it. We have heard that because of this Denham method, you know, the Denham Amendment didn't get into the highway bill. They then tried to take the Denham method and put it in the FAA bill. And we don't think it's gotten into that yet, but there's the appropriations bill coming up. We have been told that the ATA has an army of lobbyists on the Hill pushing this Denham method, um, which, again, it establishes piecework wages is the uh, as a standard that has to be met piecework wages at minimum wage um well like i say minimum wage is what we've got to work off of it's the only pay standard we have available to us but anyways um there's james lamb i forget what it is small trucking uh, something, small something association yeah small business there's 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 wood there's there's several other people out there that are going to D.C. and and talking and working, and we need to support these people, not just OIDA, but all of them. If you don't like OIDA, there's other options available, okay? Right. But OIDA is probably the biggest group, and, and it's a good place for us to pay $45 a year knowing we've got the lobbyists on the Hill. And they've already they've already acknowledged uh, the ELD with the lawsuit uh, by subscribers uh, to manually input changes in duty status. Oh, we lost Jerry. That's okay. We just lost Jerry. Um, but anyway, well, listen. I'm going to take a quick break, and then we're going to uh, get right back into it. Heads up, truckers. Are you looking for deals on trucks, trailers, parts, or equipment? Or maybe you need to sell something truck-related. Well, there's a great spot on the web where truckers deal with other truckers. No middlemen involved. That's why we call it truckertotrucker.com. There's no charge at all for looking. And if you want to place an ad for what you're selling, it's just $19.95. And it runs till it sells. So whether you're buying or selling, it's time to log on and take a look. Truckertotrucker.com. Check it out. That's truckertotrucker.com. 
Hey everybody, Alan Smith here, and I want to tell you about TruckerLawyers.com. TruckerLawyers.com helps drivers with their legal needs, and they specialize in workers' compensation, trucking accidents, employment law, and other areas. TruckerLawyers.com arms you with important information regarding workers' compensation and your legal rights, and they are also available to help you find assistance for additional legal issues. This includes determining how to get you the best benefits possible for your situation. The website TruckerLawyers.com is a resource where you can learn more about your legal rights as a driver. Feel free to continue the social media conversation by liking them on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash TruckerLawyers and follow them on Twitter as at TruckerLawyers. Call them to talk through your questions at 1-800-736-5503. Hey there, we're back. We got Pat Huckaday, and hopefully Jerry's going to be able to come back on. I don't know, he's in a bad area. And we are talking about productivity uh, increases as uh, driver wages decrease, and the reasons for that. Um, So anyway, we're talking about how to get the truth out of what's going on within the industry. Drivers not being paid detention time to compensate for that. They log uh, line one or line two while they're at loading docks, um, awaiting for shippers and receivers. And in the meantime, uh, the false security that people think ELDs are taking care of driver fatigue, and they're not because of all this that's going on. So that's basically um, it in a nutshell. Uh, Pat, did you want to say something? I can only say, and I believe I said this to Casey Phillips on the radio show. He asked me, what's the solution to the problem? Well, the solution is we all need to run 100% legal. But we can't afford to run 100% legal. All these complaints about the 14-hour rule, it's not safe, this isn't safe, that isn't safe. The only way we can prove that the regulations that they're shoving down our throats are unsafe is if we log 100% legal. Hey, FMCSA, we're doing it just like you directed us to do it. Why are we still having accidents? Why are we still driving tired? Why are we still falling asleep at the wheel? On and on and on. You can't prove the FMCSA wrong unless you're running 100% legal to prove them wrong. But, but we can't afford to run 100% legal. Well, wait a minute. Wait a minute. But if you're running 100% legal, according to the definition of off-duty status, then you would have to be uh, logging on duty, not driving, uh, when you're waiting at the loading dock. That is legal because, truthfully, yes. the way it's logged now is not legal, and the ELD is not capable of picking that up. It can only pick up the 14-hour day. That's right. The ELD, when the truck moves, it can go to drive time automatically. When the truck stops moving, it will go to on-duty, not driving, automatically. If the driver is going off-duty, 
he has to manually take it and put it off duty or put it in the sleeper. And this is not what MAP-21 specifies. So this is one of OIVA's issues. It is not 100% automatic. Number two, how does the ELD know that I'm unloading my trailer, manually unloading my trailer, or I'm out running around the block? It doesn't know what I'm doing. How can it? How can it log 100% legal? So it's flawed, okay? Uh, Everybody's willing to accept the ELD because at least it will accurately log driver's drive time. That's better than nothing. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. It's all about principle to me. You are putting an ankle bracelet on me. You are accusing me of being a liar and a thief because it will accurately log drive time. I make too damn much money to, excuse me, I'm getting a little upset here. I make too much money to risk not logging my drive time legal. Some lady runs that red light, slams into the side of me. It's clearly her fault until they see, oh, you didn't have the hours to be driving. Then I lose everything I own, and I end up in prison. I've talked to too many lawyers about too many drivers that have gone through this. I'm going to gamble a six-figure income by cheating a logbook? I don't think so. Well, that means that I make twice what most drivers make, if not more. I can afford to run legal. I can afford to donate money to these causes that you know I, I, I help and work with. I can afford to donate my time working on this project, all the work I put in, all the writing I put in. I can afford to do this. I'm trying to give back. When I first stepped out, all the old-timers came to me, oh, son, you need to run from this. There's no money in it anymore, all right? The old-timers didn't do anything to straighten this mess out 25 years ago. Now I'm the old-timer. What can I do to help? Okay? Right. Well, you know, you brought up a good point, though. And, and, you know, we we do appreciate it, and you do an awful lot, uh, Pat, to get the word out. Uh, Truckersunited.org. Uh, is Pat's uh, website, and uh, we, but you brought up a point about the, the the lawyers. I'm just wondering if there was an accident, God forbid, okay, and a serious accident, and the driver logged off duty or sleeper berth when when they were in waiting for freight you know, to either load or unload, okay? And it is there a way, first of all, for the, them to track back that that's really what, what the driver was doing? Um, or It's like I, I was telling you last night. The ELD is GPS location and time. Um, who's to say that in three or four years they're going to start enforcing um, part 395.2 um, We can see From your ELD That you were at their shipper For four hours And you only logged 15 minutes load Here's your ticket 
falsification of logging of logs, driver. But wait a minute. What we were talking about a minute ago, the February 27th, the uh, uh, what I read off of the uh, 2013 revision of relieved of all responsibility. Truck drivers aren't having these definitions put in there. Truck drivers didn't have the uh, February 27th clause enacted. Truck drivers had nothing to do with the 34-hour restart. Who's behind this and why? What these rulings all do is give the driver more time to produce. It's what we're talking about tonight. When you have so much of a time available, supply and demand, it lessens the value of the supply. So it's being designed this way by somebody, and it's not the truck drivers. But then we have to deal with the truck driver's attitude. Oh, it's the government. They don't know what they're doing. They're messing things up. Da 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 da. You know what? The government only does what we the people ask of them. If we've got the mega carrier associations lobbying and throwing money at and telling the the uh, congressmen and senators working with the FMCSA in designing these rules then they're doing it for their profit, not for the profit of the drivers. And we've got to wake up and realize this. The bottom line is you don't need to work over 100 hours a week for the already reduced wage of, the, uh, of 1999. That 41000 that, that drivers were making in 99 and now they're making 39000 in 2015, which, by the way, are stats from the ATA, okay? Right, right. So, um, uh, so the point is... 41,466. 2013, 40,400, uh, 40, almost $1,000 less than what, uh, 10, uh, 15 13 years. 2014, and a very, very good year. It went down again, 39,520. And we're talking the median wage. Um, Landstar recently announced that their driver associates, whatever they call them, Average sixty thousand dollars. It's sixty one thousand dollars puts you in the top ten percent, according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics. And we hear every day all these drivers that are making all this money. We don't know what kind of bookkeeping or what kind of numbers they're using. Are we talking about money paid to the truck? Are we talking about gross? Are we talking about net? I don't know what numbers these people are throwing out there because drivers aren't very good about knowing their numbers. So, uh, yeah, boy, all we can really work off of is Bureau of Labor Statistics, which, by the way, Bob Costello, the chief financial guy at the ATA, uses quite frequently Bureau of Labor Statistics numbers. Donna? Yes, yes, I had to close somebody's line. I opened the wrong line up. So area okay, code yeah. 859, if you, if, if you saw your line open up, sorry, I did it by mistake. Um, okay, Jerry, we're back. 
Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't know how long we're going to have you on, and I don't know how much you were able to listen to. Uh, but before I announce another um, one of our truck driver advocacy contests that we're trying to get people to actually make videos uh, to <coughs> describe some of the um, some of these things that are going on in the industry and post them on their YouTube channel, uh, and then we can right. take those uh, videos and actually put them throughout the social media world for everybody to see them. And as an incentive for people to create these videos, um, we are having a contest, which would be uh, judged by the peers. Uh, you just have the most thumbs up for the video is the winner. And first place is $250, second place $150, and third place $100. Um, but uh, they can go to truckingsocialmedia.com uh, to see more about the contest. Uh, but I think this is another way to get the word out about these issues, whether it be truck parking, whether it be regulations, ELDs, hours of service, um, speed limiters, whatever the uh, the reason that you feel it's unsafe, because really that's the bottom line. Uh, FMCSA is all about safety. Or if it's wages. You know, you, you want to talk about the wages and how many hours needed to be worked uh, in order to make, um, you know, thirty-five, forty thousand a year. Uh, but th- this is a great way. Social media is a tremendous way to get your voice heard, and it is our objective to take these videos that you submit to Trucking Social Media and get them throughout the social media platforms, and that includes Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Google+, and all like that. So we hope you will uh, go to truckingsocialmedia.com. If you have a video you've already made about uh, a topic in the industry that you feel very strong about, just submit the URL of the video you've already made, and you post it on uh, YouTube, and you'll be entered in the contest. I just want to say I want to thank uh, Zyper.com for sponsoring the prizes here. Um, uh, That's another thing. Uh, You need to download Zyper, which is a freight matching to your your phone. This app texts where you are. If you're empty, the type of truck you have. Um, it, It lists all the criteria to match you with the best profitable load. Tremendous app out there. So you can go to Zyper, and it's spelled X-Y-P-T-E-R. That's X-Y-P-T-E-R, and just download the app. And that's another thing. You'll be automatically entered in a Falcon Eye Dash Cam contest um, if you download the app. I want to add to that. We've got a younger generation of drivers coming in. If we don't invite them and encourage them to get involved, they know how to make all this social media stuff work. We need to lay a a foundation for these new drivers to be able to get on there and tell their horror stories or what they think is good or bad. If we don't get the younger drivers involved, we really haven't accomplished anything. It's just a bunch of old parts, you know, talking about the good old days, you know. 
um, we've got to get the younger generation involved. Now, if there are any company drivers listening tonight, and I'm sorry, Donna, tell me to shut up. I am sponsoring 15 company drivers first year membership at OIDA. And if you're interested, uh, all you got to do is call them up, give them my name, and tell them you want to take take one of those memberships. Um, I would like to do more for these other groups, and as Donna knows, we're trying to kind of compile a, gr- a list right now so that we can direct money towards people like Hope Reidenberg or, or Desiree, who, you know, goes and talks with Congress people and whatnot. Um, James Lamb. Uh, I think James Lamb, isn't he the one working on Mike's Law, the, the right to carry law? Yep, James Lamb worked on Mike's Law, and he's done quite a bit to help professional yeah. drivers at, at, at the Small Business and Transportation Coalition. Um, I think his link is smalltransportation.org. You should see, and go see the things that he's working on, as well as OIDA and Real Women in Trucking. And he's not going to turn walk away from others. a $10 com check, you know. Anything helps buy the gas for the trip to D.C. Or, or pay the hotel room in D.C. so that these people can do what they're doing. We as drivers need to be making that phone call. We need to be calling and telling them what we're going through, telling them wh- how what kind of money we're earning. Because I just spent the day here. I'm at home today. I haven't been home since October. And I've already talked to three businessmen this morning. And when I tell them what kind of money the drivers are making, and they know what I do, they know how long I'm out on the road. They just shake their heads and they say, my God, we had no idea. So maybe talking to your neighbors. Uh, talking to your manager of your hardware store. Let them know what's going on because they're going to take it for granted that we all make the big bucks because that's what they've been taught. Well, that's because it was true at one time. Well, hold on. I just got a message um, from, let's see, Brian Carlson over at the Drive for Freedom, which is another organization for drivers. And he said, if we could please read this during the show. He couldn't call in, um, so I'm going to read it. Um, It says, since January 1st, 2016, there's been 112 crashes involving cars and trucks. Um, A total of 126 deaths and 112 injuries. Only oh local God. media is supporting them. They are not being addressed nationally. My assertion is to make the FMCSA that this is to make the FMCSA look good so they can make false claims that their regulations are working when in fact they are not. Maybe others will agree. The source is credible for these incidents. It is a national database. And then he goes on to say, thank you, I got to run, and and uh, so forth. So this is Brian just... Is, uh, is, Brian is right. We know, and I always... And I, this is a very low number, 70%. We know that at least 70% of all automobile 
truck accident are the fault of the automobile. This even breaks down even more. Of that 30% that's the truck's fault, we know 65% of those accidents happen with Class 8 and smaller, I think it's Class 5 to Class 8, that are working within the 150-mile radius. This brings the over the, and that's what I'm thinking most of us are, over-the-road drivers, interstate drivers. We have one of the best safety records out there, but we keep getting slammed. We keep getting hit with all these regulations, and that takes money out of our pocket. So unless we stand up and we say, okay, you want us to run 100% legal, we need to be paid. Safety comes at a price. We need to make these ELDs work for us, and we can do this. Okay. Yes, yes. Can you hear me? Yeah, it's your turn. <laughs> okay, well, it looks like Jerry's back. Jerry, did you want to add to that? No, uh, it's just uh, I would like to say to drivers, I know this is going to be hard to uh, because it's counterintuitive. It like, it's like it makes no sense. Well, I think we lost Jerry again. Um, boy, uh-huh. and, uh, and, and to address what Jerry was saying, how many drivers even realize, they don't even consider that they are working an additional, say, 20 to 30 to 40 hours a week because they don't even think they're, they're at work. Oh, yeah, I'm just sitting in the truck waiting for them to unload. Well, believe it or not, that's part of your job. Waiting is part of the job. If you don't wait to load, the truck doesn't get loaded. Plain that's and simple. It. You can't have one without the other. It's part of the job. I can go to Fair Labor Standards Act. I can start bringing out all kinds of information that backs this up. But we drivers have been trained that we're only working when we're driving down the road because that's when we're getting paid 40 cents a mile. It's psychological. Hey, can can you imagine, uh, Pat, can you imagine if the safety groups really, I mean, if this really sunk in, how they would react to all this? I mean, I think they'd be pretty upset myself. So the safety groups want to see drivers stand up for themselves and say, hey, we need to get paid. The safety groups are behind the ones I've spoken with. They're behind an hourly, an hourly base you know, pay system. I really don't like. It. To me, that's just another form of piecework. Uh, and we're not here to talk about driver, you know, money methods of payment. Um, they get fed up with the drivers. Well, if the drivers aren't going to stand up and do something, we're going to continue chasing our agenda. And our agenda is if if we have to put electronics monitoring on the trucks to have safer roads, that's what we're going to go after. And then you get the HDA working with the the safety group saying, yes, we're on the same team. Let's let's do this together. But the HDA has completely different motives. But that's what I'm saying, Pat. Do they know 
here they're all happy that ELDs got uh, we got the final uh, rule in December, and they're going to go into effect if uh, Owida's uh, lawsuit doesn't do anything. They're going to go effect. You know in what? But if they I knew, Owida needs ELDs out of the trucks. Um, we have seen the FMCSA coerce carriers into putting e-logs in place over the last 15 or 20 years. Now that they've got the ELD thing in place, even if OIDA beats this, every truck that doesn't have an E-log or ELD in it is going to get pulled around back, gone through a a front-to-back inspection, and they're going to get written citations whether they're deserving of it or not. They're going to get coerced into putting that box into the truck. It is too late. There are too many investors. There's too much money. There's been too much time invested in making these ELDs go into the trucks. So I want OI to beat it, believe me, because I don't want them to come back three years from now and say, okay, now you've got to wear this wristwatch so we can monitor your body modes, your heart rate and all this, that, and the other. So we can... No, we need to beat this, but at the same time, we need to learn to live with ELDs, which means we have a choice. We can let them decide how the ELDs are being used, or we can say, okay, we're going to make these ELDs work for us because we have enough knowledge to know what works and what doesn't work. But first and foremost, if we can't afford to run legal, 100% legal, we're always going to be looking for a way to cheat. So money, in my mind, is at the forefront of everything. Well, I mean, I don't know how much we can add to all that, Pat. I mean, and we've, uh, I hope it's been explained. Um, we're going to get the replay. Do we have any, uh, have any people that want to get in on this time? We got any people on? Well, you know, I've invited them. I've invi- you got to click one on your keypad if you want to say something. If you're listening uh, through the internet, then you have to dial in to call, and it's three four seven eight two six nine one seven zero. But so far, um, let me scroll down. Nope, I don't see. Anybody who clicked one, so I guess they're just. This is just new information um, that you know everybody's just taken in, and they, you know they don't have anything to say. You know what I wanted on a light note? I I, I just want to bring this up. Um, I don't know how many people know Tony Justice, okay, but he's a tremendous guy. He's a truck driver with a tremendous voice, and he just finished making his new album or call at least I still call it an album I guess it's a CD called Brothers of the Highway and uh Aaron Tippin was with it and I see where it's ready now to download um on his website but right now he's got Apple Pie Moonshine CD and for the long haul that's a two CD gift set and on the road and we met Tony when he had just um, On the Road CD, and he was our performer during the 2011 Truck Driver Social Media Convention, uh, which we held in Tunica, Mississippi, and he was there. 
and I remember him giving out uh, autographed copies of On the Road. Well, since then now, he's got three albums. Uh, they're in the pilot and TA and most of the truck stops to buy, but I don't think the new Brothers of the Highway uh, CD is out yet. I could be wrong, but right now all I see on his website is the single that you could listen to, and you can even listen to some of the songs to see if you want it. So on a light note, because we've been talking about a lot of heavy stuff tonight, um, go to TonyJusticeMusic.com, and it's just the way it's spelled, TonyJusticeMusic.com, and, uh, and, and take a look at and listen to some of the music he has on. Um, or hope to get him on soon. Um, we, we had him on during GATS last year, and we re- really need to catch up. But anyway, I just wanted to, to share that because uh, a great guy, a tremendous truck driver, and human human being. So uh, I, I, you know what I'd like to do? I think I'd like to get about 10 of these uh, 10 of these CDs and actually just uh, do giveaways on the program with them. I think that's what we did that with his last CD. What do you think of that, Pat? I would like, I like doing this show, but I sometimes feel like Jerry and I kind of take it over. I do a lot about uh, uh, Facebook. I try and I listen to this road dog just nonstop. I do the best I can to kind of be in touch with the drivers. Um, I spend so much time in the truck riding and whatnot. I need to get out and start talking with drivers again. I did this uh, about a year and a half ago. Hundreds of drivers. Just talk to them. Um, And I think maybe that's what we all need to do. It's kind of let's talk to the drivers. Let's kind of get a feel. And you would be surprised how many drivers don't even know about the ELD mandate. They don't even have a clue that right now speed limiters are getting ready to come up. They are so disconnected. Why? They're working, working, working. Um, right. So far as passing out CDs, I think it's a lovely idea. Um, I, I guess what I was trying to I, I say here, instead of me and Jerry coming on and just going on and on and on, I'd really like to have other people call in and get put there too soon. Well, you know, it's funny, uh, Pat, because if you listen to our shows, usually there's between five and ten callers in, and I'm really surprised tonight that people aren't voicing more opinions about this, and I think they're just, this is something new for them, uh, uh, listening to this, how uh, the ELDs aren't registering how things are logged on the logbook, and it, it's just totally new. So, um, One of the problems I'm, I'm, I'm we have. Oh, here. Okay, I have a caller. Finally raised his hand. So we're going to open up the line. Area code 716. Who do we have here? Uh, this is Adam Lard calling in. Hello. Hey, Adam. How are you? I'm very good. How are you? I'm good. Well, the... Um, the reason for um, uh, calling in is with all this talk about the ELD and speed limiters and all the stuff that it is, I'm not really up on it. I don't know much about it. 
one reason is I stopped worrying about regulations and things like that because it's beyond my control. So what comes along comes along. And um, it's great, informative to listen to shows like this. And if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. I mean, I used to get so worked up following the hours of service regulation, but it kept being enacted. Then somebody sued. Then it got thrown out by the courts, and we went back and forth, back and forth. Now I just have the mindset of whatever happens, happens. Does that make well, sense? Well, let me ask, ask you this, Adam. Um, you have a computer. You, you have the Internet, correct? Yeah. Okay. And I, a shameful plug here, fightingfortruckers.com. I'm not going to say who the organizer is, but it's available to all drivers. And if you go on there, you can actually, one of the tabs, it will show you what uh, proposed rulemakings are, are in place. It's got links so that you can go directly to the government website where you can comment. I think there's eight or nine of them up there right now, speed limiters, this, that, and the other, sleep apnea. This is so easy to utilize. Five minutes. Go on there fighting for truckers. See what comments you want to make on what topic, proposed rulemakings or final rulemakings, whatever, and take a minute and make a comment. That's that's not that difficult. I mean, we spend how much time on, on Facebook? So well, he, if you, know you what know I want that to this is that easily achievable... All you've got to do is act on it. And, and I understand your sentiment. You don't want to get worked up about it. I I, I understand that. Okay. Well, when I, um, I just want to ask, can I ask Adam something? Of course. Are, you, you, it's, I th- think you've been one of the ones on here that have listened to most of the show. Am I correct? Yeah, I've been on the whole night. Okay, I thought so. And and there's a few more of anybody who else who wants to c- come in, just click one on your keypad so I can see you and and you want to come on. But I just want to ask you, do you do this? Do you log like uh line 1 or line 2 either sleep or birth or off duty when you're at uh you know, instead of uh uh on duty, not driving. Are, are you in the habit of doing that? Is that acceptable with your company, or are you an owner-operator? Or how do you do that? Well, I'm a company driver, and um, they ask us to run legal and to log it as we do it. That's their catchphrase, log it as you do it. And, um, you know, as you mentioned earlier about accidents, they, they comb through you like there's no tomorrow. So, I, I just don't play the I don't I don't take that chance because you know let's just say I'm speeding and there's an accident the other guy's fault it's still a speed related accident because I'm speeding even though it's another guy's fault so anything you do wrong you're just giving it to the other guy's lawyer to take you and your carrier to town so you know just log it as you do it and if you don't make enough money maybe this industry is not for you try something else. Okay, so what is that? What is that? Well, I, I, Pat might know these code words. I guess I'm just not familiar. Does that mean you're lining, you know, uh, logging line I one think, or line well, two? Well, let me rephrase the question. I think what Don is asking, Adam, 
is when you're at a shipper receiver, are you logging all time on duty, not driving? Are you logging off duty or possibly in the sleeper berth? Oh, that's well, that's an easy one. If um if I'm if I'm in the dock and I'm getting loaded or unloaded, I'll be on duty. However, if I'm in their designated parking area, just like I'd be at a truck stop and um and I'm not called to a door, then I'll be off duty. I'll either be taking a nap. I'll be going inside to the driver's room to fire up a lunch in the microwave. But um, whether I'm sitting at a truck stop or, or at the shipper, as long as I'm not actively loading or unloading, like once you're in a dock, you're in a dock. And uh, yeah, so even if you're in loading four hours, you're, you're, you're working once you're in that dock. But as long as you're in an actual parking space where you can walk away from the truck, use the bathroom, use the lunchroom, well, then that becomes off-duty. Make sense? Okay. And I was going to say, I've sat in loading docks for six, seven hours. All right? And, yep. and another, I, I had a lady um, uh, contact me about two weeks ago. Um, because I'm, I'm going to read from you right now. On duty time, this is per part 395.2. Line one, number one, all time at a plant terminal facility or other property of a motor carrier or shipper or any public property waiting to be dispatched unless the driver has been relieved uh, from uh, from duty by the motor carrier. In other words, that's a def- one of many definitions when you are legally required to log on duty time. Okay? And I know mm-hmm. myself, when I first came into this industry, they told us, no, no, no. 15 minutes load, unload, everything else off duty. I had a lady confront me. She said, I was doing it legal. I was doing it just like the rule says. The carrier brought me in for retraining, and they retrained her. No, 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 you logged this off duty. Um, What we were talking about earlier a little bit this uh, February 27th, it's not actually part of part 395 this is in a brochure jerry seems to think that it's a guidance all right this other portion that i chased down we know that is a guidance so it's not law but what we're trying to do is look and see what how the cards are being played what's happening here to head off the drivers being able to make a good living if you're not familiar with the denim method, uh, the ATA is really behind this, and they are trying to create a federal labor law that is for, uh, specific to drivers operating under Part 395. Part B simply says um, if the total sum of pieces produced when divided by hours it took to produce those pieces equals minimum wage, then everybody's happy. So basically what the ATA is pursuing is is 70 hours times 725 an hour, federal minimum wage. Um, that's what I'm working off of. That's $507.50 for an eight-day work week. That establishes a baseline. I'm not saying that they're going to drop drivers' wages. They're going to take money away from drivers. 
but the baseline is so low, it's easy to meet that. Even Especially if when you're working 100 hours a week. on duty, not driving. So, hmm. Um, I, you know, I got some more callers, and this usually happens on a show. The memorial will come up. If you want to be a part of the show, because we're going to be shutting it down soon, uh, click one on your keypad now, and that notifies us that you want to be on the show. Um, because I, 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 even though I know you haven't been able to listen to the rest of the show, but this this happens a lot. You know, people come on uh, towards the end of the show, and these are just the people yeah. I can see through the phone line. I don't know. Well, I can't see who listens through the internet. Adam, I really appreciate your input, and I really appreciate your interest. Oh well, yeah, and if, you, if you're a company driver and you're not a member of OIDA and you'd like to take me up on it, please call them up, give them my name, and and take your first year's membership. And then you can start talking with other company drivers about what we do. And, again, OIDA is only one of many, well, several. OIDA just happens to be the biggest, okay? Right. Hey, um... Hey, let me. I'm going to leave your your line open, uh, Adam, and I'm going to throw this out there. Um, looks like Jerry wasn't right. able to get back on, um, but he'll be on again. I just want to uh, ask the question about truck parking because this is another problem with the 14-hour uh, clock and now the ELD and drivers you know, not having time to find parking. And, of course, there's all kinds of arguments. Well, why don't you plan your trip better and all this stuff? Well, we all know, or uh, so I've heard. Um, I've heard Alan speak about it many times, that sometimes you cannot control a three-hour delay in an accident or bad weather or a lot of other things, uh, no matter how well you're able to plan your trip. So uh, when your clock is done and there, you go to a spot and there's no parking, um, you know, it, you're just out of luck, okay? Would everybody, would both of you two agree with me on that before I, you know, bring up the next uh, thing I want to say about truck parking? Would you agree that that's true? It is. And um, one thing that I do, and it, it hurts productivity, is I normally start looking for my parking spot as I come up on the 10th hour um, because I don't want to be in a position of not finding parking. And uh, because that electronic log is not going to let me hide it, that I couldn't find parking, it's going to see the truck keep moving. So I usually leave an hour, maybe more, on the table, and I don't take my full day of driving because I just don't want to risk running out of hours. Okay. Parking is essential to a driver being able to earn um, be able to manage their time. If I have to stop two hours away from my delivery and get up the next morning and, and start my 14-hour clock to drive two hours to make a delivery and they hold me up five or six hours, they, they've eaten up my time. So if I can get to the receiver and spend the night there, I'm much better. Or if I can get five miles away from or 30 miles away from the closer I can get, the more productive I can be. 
but lack of parking is a big issue. We had studies in 1978 and in 1979, and guess what? They decided we didn't have enough parking. We have another study. This uh, results came in last summer. I haven't been able to look at that. And now, well, what Hatchery, did you see the study on our website um, on askthetrucker dot com and click under truck parking study? Hope Rivenberg, Desiree, and us. We did this. Uh, well, Hope and Desiree did most of the work. I'm talking an extensive study. Uh, the results are unbelievable. Go to, to askthetrucker.com and click on truck parking survey, okay? This okay, was done so, so that would and be four be- studies, and, and actually right now is conducting a study. Uh, they're mm-hmm. wanting drivers to do a 14-day log, uh, this, that, and the other. Uh, so, you know, we, we know the answer. The answer is there's not enough doggone parking. There's not enough parking. Keep- and by the by the way, I just want to let you know, Pat, um, I spoke to Desiree and her and Hope. We're going to be putting together a show on truck parking, uh, whether it's going to be next week or the week after. Um, uh, Alan's having surgery next week, so, um, you know, I, I, this is a show that I really wanted uh, to make sure he could be on. Uh, but if, okay. if not, then I guess we can do it, but... She's going to come on, and if anybody doesn't know who Hope Rivenberg is, she is Jason Rivenberg's widow who was shot in uh, March of 2009. She was pregnant with twins at the time, had a two-year-old at home, and he was shot and killed when he couldn't find truck parking, and so he uh, slept in an abandoned lot, okay, at a, a gas station, actually. And, uh, and he was killed. And she worked for four years. Lobbying. No. Okay. Yeah. While she she had uh, these babies to make sure that this didn't happen to anybody else, and she did, was able to get what's called Jason's Law for More Safe Truck Parking in um, MAP 21. Not only that, but the National Coalition for Truck Parking came to pass last year where she was honored at that. And now we have an opportunity as part of the truck driving community to be a part of this National Truck Parking Coalition. And she's going to be on the show uh, with Desiree Wood of Real Women in Trucking uh, to give us all an update of what's going on right now and how we can uh, take that next step as part of the National Truck Parking Coalition, to honor, by honoring her, to do our part and what we can do to make sure that there is more truck parking. So this is going to be a, a very vital radio show for everybody, every truck driver who has ever mentioned the word, we need more truck parking. Well, then you need to be listening to this show and honor the woman who has sacrificed money, time, and even the life of her husband, who was lost, to fight for truck drivers to make sure they have more safe truck parking. So uh, I'll, we'll be putting this out as soon as we find out the details of when that's going on. But, Pat, I know you, you would have been interested because we were talking about this last night. 
Well, of course, Hope Rivenberg's got the ball rolling for us. Now, what are we going to do to keep this ball rolling and make something happen? She's done a lot on her own. What are we doing to support her? Are we making that phone call saying, hey, what's going on with Jason's Law? They just shut down another rest area. You know, make that phone call or fighting for Chuck or send that email. You know, we can start using our voice. Yes, and, and you know, and unity is the key. Uh, not criticizing one another. Um, I'll tell you what, it's, it's, I don't know about you, Pat. I get so depressed if somebody comes up with a, an idea and they think it's a great idea and then somebody will go, well, that won't work. You're stupid or you know, I mean, it, it, it's really kind of depressing to, to see that kind of stuff go on. I when get it all the time from truck drivers. Oh. But when I talk to businessmen in my community, they're like, wow, that's a great idea. You know, that should work. When I talk to, to a lot of people up the ladder, they understand and they rock with me. But we drivers seem to want to lay blame. Oh, it's the shipper's fault. They're holding us up. Well, wait a minute. If your carrier was charging the shipper for holding the trucks up, they wouldn't be holding you up. But then again, Big Blue can't charge if Big Orange doesn't charge. Who can't charge if Big White doesn't charge? It's got to be across the board. So in a way, the market is being controlled by mega carriers, by these mega associations, and we as labor have a responsibility to bring the market back into balance or live with it the way it is. And I'm, I'll shut up now, so I think there's other people want to get Oh, up. no. I mean, I, I'm glad we, we ended on that note because we are winding down right now. And uh, I, I just want to say thank you to everybody. Did somebody have something else to say before we wind it down? Yeah, could I find just um – one last thing, uh, the ATRI study was mentioned, and um, I'm actually doing that 14-day uh, uh, truck driver daily parking diary for them. I'm on day three because the number one source of stress on the job for me is trying to find truck parking. That is my okay. biggest issue I face on a daily basis. So I encourage as many drivers to uh, maybe get involved in it's so simple. It doesn't take up much time at all. Okay, great. And uh, are you on Facebook, Adam? No, just on Twitter. You follow me. I follow you. <laughs> okay. Well, put a little post on Twitter if there's a link or something, and and just you know, well, yeah. uh, at us. You know, like how you do it at uh, you know, ask the trucker or truck convention or whoever. Um, you know, you're you're following at the time uh, and keep it Adam, Adam I, yes. I've got my hands full doing what I'm doing um, everybody's encouraging me to get on Twitter I've got a Twitter account I don't know how to make it work um, Desiree no. of Real Women in Trucking issued a paper I've got copies of it um, and it's all these people on the transportation boards and whatnot. and through utilizing Twitter we can send messages to these people, the government people, or our senators and whatnot. So this is a valuable tool that we need to be using. Is there oh, an interest is. on your part to, to propagate a list of these things? 
And what about well, the I, other young people? Desiree and I follow each other on Twitter. We we exchange uh, tweets from time to time. I'm I'm a big fan of Twitter. That's how I found this show. I found this show by following the um, by following the uh, Twitter account. So that's how I found out about oh, the radio hey. show tonight. Awesome. <laughs> well, I'm glad you did. I, I'm a big. I love Twitter too because it's short. It's sweet. You put your link on there with uh, with a little bit of what you want to say in 140 characters, and you know I think it's great. You don't. You know, like like Pat, you know, with with you, I know you you write these huge things for Facebook. I know. I think to myself, my God, how long this must take him to write. On Twitter, you make a little tweet, right, 140 characters, with a link to things that you've already written, and you link it to it, and all of a sudden now, your not only your followers see it, but our followers, when we retweet it, see it. And we've got, between all our accounts, about 20,000 Twitter followers. Okay? So, wow. the exposure... Well, and, and I, that's what I'm asking Adam. I think Adam's a younger man, um, a newer driver. And, of course, we know we've got to get the young generation involved in this. And we've got to make it available to them. So Adam, what do you think? Can we can we do something with the younger people if it's Twitter that they like to use? I'm I'm 41. I'm not young. <laughs> <laughs> I've been driving 14 years, right? So I've been driving 14 so years. He's a and veteran driver years already. Yep. Well, he's just younger than you, Pat. Yep. But uh, yeah, no, for sure. Following, I'll follow you on Twitter and. You can follow me, but what's your Twitter handle? What's your Twitter handle? Is it what do you remember? call United? Yeah, I, don't, United? I don't know. I've got all this. Somebody else set all this stuff up for me, and, and I just well, I haven't even looked have at it. it. Um, uh, here, I know, I'm but where do up. I find the time? Um, I think it's Truckers United, and it might be number one. Or I, I, I don't even know how to look it up. Um, no. I do get emails sometimes telling me I've got Twitter stuff. Well, I um, found Twitter. Pat Wait a minute, I'm looking now at let my me email. Look under Truckers United. So it says on my email, Truckers United, is who this email was sent to, and it pertains to Twitter. So I'm thinking that must be my handle. I don't know. Okay, um, I'll, I'll I'll put it out there on Twitter when I find it, Adam. Okay. Can I share mine? Uh, yes. Huh? Yes. Well, by all means, Adam, share it. it. Mine's Adam62139. Okay, I, I okay. see Adam Adam Lowry, uh, and he's at the at sign, Adam62139. And and can it, I tell you it, very guess, quick? Can I tell you something really yes, quick about ahead. how I came up with that? Yeah. The number six. Okay. Well, today's April 2nd, and every April 2nd is World Autism Awareness Day. And the reason why I picked number 62139 is because it was the 139th resolution of the 62nd United Nations General Assembly that declared April 2nd as World Autism Awareness oh, wow. Day forever. 
Well, that's and, the story behind okay, my uh, nickname. Okay, and Sorry? it says here you're a Canadian truck driver with Asperger's syndrome, um, <clears throat> and more importantly, a follower of Christ. And I really appreciate that too. I think that's great. So that's well, at Asperger's Adam two one three nine. Asperger's syndrome is a part of the autism spectrum. Yeah, I, I saw. Uh huh. I was going to say, as Donna knows, concerning this parking situation, um, there are many rest areas rest areas that utilize, and I don't know the, the proper names, autism, the grown-up autism, autistic people, to do maintenance and whatnot on the rest areas. So we've been kicking around. Um, if we could have nonprofit public partnerships, or maybe we could utilize some of these groups, uh, 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 disabled veteran groups or, or anybody of that, some of these nonprofits, even job training groups, uh, uh, to take over some of these rest areas um, and keep them up instead of closing them. We know that there's a, a push uh, for private pu- uh, public partnerships on rest areas, and I would rather see that go to nonprofits who need need to put their people to work. What do you think about is there that? A, is there a, is there a um yeah, I'm sure we'd have to look it up for um for autism. What is it? I know this autism speaks. Is that their website for autism? Like if you wanted to donate or things like that. I don't know. There's well, a name for that group. Um, no, I'm asking Adam. Okay, I'm oh, sorry. Okay. Um, well, well, Autism Speaks is, I, I believe, an American uh, organization. Um, I don't know much about um, them. And um, as a Canadian truck driver, um, it can be a lot, even keeping up, as I discussed earlier, with all the um, regulations and laws in the United States. But as for hiring and or um, employing people with disabilities, that's just a wonderful thing. I mean, I have a I have a friend with a, a bad case of PTSD, and he found gainful employment at a at an employer, and he and he has a blog. Um, uh, can I can I share the blog name? Sure. It's O T R Duane D U A N E, and he's just in his first half year as a truck driver. He he's new to the industry. He's about my age or older, and he blogs about his experience as a as a truck driver with uh, who came into the industry with post-traumatic stress disorder. And, um, and just like my carrier, um, they bend over backwards to accommodate um, any of the issues I bring to the table as an autistic driver. So um, in, re- in regards to um, people at rest areas and nonprofits, because um, I know a lot of the rest areas um, use um, blind organizations, um, I just think it's wonderful. Uh, when you help people who have potential, uh, you give them a chance to um, show you their potential and instead of turning your back on any disability. Um, it's all about the potential, and um, the world is full of people with potential if they're just given a chance. You, you know what oh, I'm saying? That's the way absolutely. I see it. And if I'm going to have to pay to park in a rest area, I want that money going to a nonprofit that can put that money to work, not for a truck truck truck, 
truck stop chain that decided to privatize the rest area. I, I just I don't I don't like it even like the thought of that. So oh, um, well, I think commercialization is needed. I do, and uh, that's going to be on our truck uh, okay. show. But anyway, guys, I need to shut down. The woman's uh, talking to me in my ear, telling me okay, she's going to shut right. us off. Yeah, let me one more plug to Adam. Smart Trucking, Canadian group up there in Canada. Catherine, she's wonderful. Smart Trucking. It's smart slash trucking. Um, you might smart check trucking. them out. Oh, yeah, it's a great group. Hey, guys, everybody, I want to thank everybody. I think I've got 20 seconds. Uh, all our callers on the line, even though you didn't raise your hand, we love you. Everybody listening on the Internet, thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed the show. And uh, till our till next time. So far, it's going to be the truck parking show. Could be something else in between on our health series on Thursday nights. Uh, we want to thank you very much. And we'll, I'm going to play. I don't know how much you're going to be able to hear it. Um, hold on. I want to play Tony Justice. Oh, uh, thank you, Adam. Thanks oh. for calling in. Good night, everybody. Thank Love you. Night. Good night, Adam. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Good night. Night.
kid So you can keep your gun control hoss I'll keep my 30 off 6 My grandpappy passed it down To my dad and then him to me I'm gonna give it to my son That gun's part of this family We're country 